Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was trying not to sing so I'd have voice, but it's hard not to when you're worshiping before the Lord. Um, and in addition to how graciously the, the, the pastor introduced me, I also want to just add, Lord, I ask you to use my lips and use my voice to deliver your message to your people, that they may receive it in their hearts and in their spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so thank you, Pastor, because you have given me the great privilege of coming before here, before all these people, and finishing the final R in the R series. And it's been a, a, a thought-provoking, uh, heart-pounding series as we take these messages home and consider them. But today, with it being a fifth Sunday, I wanted to go easy on all of us. We're going to talk about the last R, rest. Um, let me tell you this. Chaos, confusion, division. These are tactics used against us by the enemy of our soul. And if you watch, listen, read anything on the streets, on the screen, you will hear such things that would cause us to know that these things are all about us. We hear about droughts, floods. We hear about wicked viruses being discovered that they say, oh, these are deadly. Yeah, that's peaceful. We talk about food, fuel, and rent rising with seemingly no end. And violence, evil violence in great numbers in every city, every state, every country. So what are we as believers to do? I mean, we have this as a situation in which we live. And, of course, we are to pray. That's our first mission. And you know what else the Lord tells us to do? <laughs> he says, rest. Wait, wait, Lord, didn't you just hear what I... I was just talking about our situation and everything going on around us. And you ask us to rest? How can this be? What should we do? How can we do such a thing? But if we find out together. So it begins as all things do <laughs> in the book of Genesis. So in Genesis 2. I'm going to read one through three, starting in one. So the creation of heaven and earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, the Lord had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day, declared it holy. And because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. 
Now, when I said he rested from all his work, the other translations, some other translations will say he ceased, stopped, quit. He rested. Most of us realize that the first day ever, first day ever, up to the sixth day, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. A lot of stuff came into being. Let's start with just the concept of a day. There had not been a day before God said there's a day. And he did these things and he said, hmm, day one. Day two, three, four, five, six. You know how he did that? He created all things seen and unseen. Everything was created by him. And we know that our God didn't tire out from creating. You know what he did? He said, hmm, I think that I'll speak it. It is. That's our God. And, and Psalm 21 tells us, you know, he never slumbers or sleeps. Never. Six days, create, create, create. And then, bam, on the seventh day, he said, on the seventh day, he says, oh, holy. Hmm. Create one, create two, create three, create four, create five, create six. Oh, holy. Hmm. And what does that mean? He means that it was pure, that it was set apart, that it's blessed. And just in case we did not understand what he meant with all of that, what the significance of God saying, because he rested, that is, he ceased from all his work and called it a blessed and holy day, he clarifies it for us in case we have any doubt of what that means. In Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, read this way. He starts off with this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest Dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one, let me repeat that, no one in your household may do any work. That includes you. That includes your sons and daughters. Aren't you glad? That includes your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in the six days, the Lord had made heavens, earth, sea, everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. Yes. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. And by the way, we know that also is commandment number four of the Big Ten. Um, but what does it mean to observe, keep a holy day? What does that have to do with resting? Hmm. First, the Lord said, remember. we got to have something to know in order to be able to remember it, right? 
So when he was talking to his children, he said, remember, I'm the one who created everything. Oh, by the way, you're his children. I created everything, and I did it because he spoke it, and I put it in its place because I wanted you to enjoy it. And I know, I said, you would toil by your hand, and you have work to do, but one day, stop. Stop and consider me. Dedicate one day to me. What cease from our work, you know what that calls for? A decision. We have to make a decision. And this decision is this. We want to enter into rest with God, God's rest. But it calls for us to cease from our work. We have to acknowledge our tendency to be workaholics. We are. We are obsessive, addicted, controlled by our need to be busy. Most jobs will give you a day off, maybe two, yet we strive to stay busy. Any guilty people in here? Don't raise your hands. I know. And why we stay busy, there are a couple of things that usually drive it and keep us busy, and they're so not good. They're called stress and worry. And stress and worry are opposite of belief and faith. That's why he says, whoa, slow, stop, remember. In our futile attempt to stay with the world as it's going at an ever-increasing pace, we don't remember. We are in disobedience. Let me show you in Scripture. In the book of Hebrews, written by a Jew, for the Jews, about Jewish things. We're grafted in, by the way. In chapter 4, verses 9 through 11 say this. So there is still a special rest waiting for the people of God. Any people of God in here? There's a rest waiting for you. For all who have entered God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. Listen, God did a whole lot more than we could ever. I mean, I know we can take a tree and make things from it, but can you make a tree? I know we can take materials, um, uh, metal, and mold it into something, but can you make the metal? That's the kind of stuff he did. And he rested from it. Not because he was tired, but because God wanted us to understand something. We can't let all this stuff come before him. We can't let all this stuff push us away from him. It's not that important. It really isn't. It just seems to be so much our time, our efforts. Everything has to focus in on doing that stuff. And if I don't do that stuff, I'm going to worry and stress about it. You know what that means? You don't trust God. This is what he told the people. 
For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter into that rest. Choice. But if we disobey God, just like the people of Israel did, we will fall. We will fail. We will wear out. We won't be able to complete whatever it was we were so wrapped up about completing. Am I telling you not to work? Not at all. You have six days for that. I'm not telling you don't work. I am telling you he had a reason for letting us know this. God is God. He doesn't need to rest. But he said, I'm going to. I need you to unplug from the stress and the worries of the world and come and sit with me. Come be with me. Enjoy each other. Know that I'm in control. Know all that stuff that makes you stay up late at night is in my hands. There is nothing that he's not aware of. Oh, let me show you where that is. In, in Hebrews, oh, I'll show you that in a moment. Three, I'm going to tell you when the writer said, if we disobey like the people of Israel did, well, what is he talking about? Because he's a Jew talking to Jews, or she is, whoever the writer is. Hebrews 3, verses 16 through 19 say this. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, and whose corpse lay, lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took, he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him. Hmm. So we see that because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. They were not able to enter his rest. Ah, so uh, we've got a clue. Resting is associated with, is involves, is because of, Believing. We have to believe so that we can rest. What do we need to believe? We need to believe God is. We need to believe he's on the throne. We need to believe that he is in control of everything. And yes, I know when bad things happen, you want to say, ah. But let me tell you, the book will tell you that when the children of Israel were upset, he said, don't worry about it, Habakkuk. I've got this. I'm going to send the Babylonians. And he went, oh, we went, what? Because he'd been complaining to God. Why don't you to take care of all this stuff? Look at the people. They're disobedient. They're doing bad things. Evidently, he was watching our 6 o'clock news. But instead, God said, it's okay, Habakkuk. I see it. I've got it. I'm sending the Babylonians. No, they knew. The Babylonians, are you kidding me? God, oh God, 
merciful God, you were good. I mean, his whole tone changed quickly. And then he waited to see what was going to happen. And it was because of the Babylonians that the people of Israel changed their ways back to him. I don't want Babylonians. Do you? They are a different name now. But they do the same thing. They come in, they take over, they make you slaves, they kill you, they're vicious, they rob you of everything. Yeah, no thanks. I think I'd rather choose to obey. God did not rest for himself. He gave rest to us as an example of how to relax, replenish, renew, and rejoice in him. We need to stop and remember God and all his ways. How many of you remember when you gave your heart to him? Now you can raise your hand. That's a good thing. Be embraced by his love. It allows time for you to grow in love with him and in trust in him. Drink in his peace. He told us, I leave you my peace. I leave you my peace. And we're like, yeah, that's nice. But I got some stuff over here to worry and stress over. Choice. He said, take my yoke. Don't be so burdened. The world really isn't on your shoulders. Every responsibility really isn't yours to make. Take my yoke. Give it to me. I'll show you what to do. And it will be the better way. Nothing is hidden from God. Let me tell you this in Hebrews again. I like this book. Chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 say this. For the word of God. Oh, there's our place to understand what he's talking about. He didn't say just rest. He gave us a manual, a book on how to do it, where to find it, how to go about it. The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting. Oh, by the way, let me pause there for just a moment. I try, I was going to tell you, and the sharpest sword is, okay, it depends on who you talk to, which website you go to, because they argue about it. No, this one is the sharpest. No, this one is the sharp. There's sharp swords out there, okay, two-edged. Still, and they have some from way back when that they say, oh, no, this will never be beaten. Mm, I don't want to find out. <clears throat> he says, it cuts, cutting between soul and spirit. You know, you have both, right? The word could cut between our flesh and our spirit man. That's sharp. It can cut between joint and marrow. Marrow's in the joint. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Sometimes we don't want those exposed, do we? But you know, it's like everything else. Until you realize that they're there, you can't be rid of them. And they sneak in. You want them exposed. You want them out of you. 
You want God to cover that. Nothing, that means nothing, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, and in the English, nothing. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Your stress and worry is before him. And he wants to know, what's it to you? What are you worrying about? I'm God. Everything. <laughs> Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are, we are accountable to. We are accountable to our maker who had a purpose and a plan when he put each one of us here. He has a purpose and a plan for today. He has a purpose and a plan for you tomorrow. And all your worry and stress over it won't change a thing. Except your decisions. You choose to decide whether you're going to understand God is God. And bow before him. And go do what you need to do. Seventh day. Ah. And we're not bound up by it being every Sunday. It just happens for some to be that. You know, obviously for the pastor and I, it's a work day. But we do take a Sabbath. We do stop and remember. And that's what I encourage you to do, O children of God, for your Father has asked it of you. And he says, it's for you. How many of you would like to have a little bit of renewal in your life? A little bit of replenishing in your life? A little bit of rest from all that stuff in your head? It's our choice. And I choose to believe and receive. I choose to trust and obey. And I encourage all of you to do the same thing. Today is fifth Sunday. You know what that means? We get to come together to enjoy the day and rest in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much.